It's Tori. It's Janelle. And the rest of our Brighter Days ladies are in different parts of America, in different states. So they couldn't make it here today, but we're really excited. Yes. Well, we have the person who talks the least and the person who talks the most on the podcast. So this will be interesting. (laughs) It'll be fun. But we also have a couple of special guests. Some more members of the Cornejo family. We have James and Abigail. Yay! Yay! Okay, I am going to go ahead and introduce myself. Hi, everybody, and Brighter Days fan base. My name is Abigail Cornejo, and just some random facts about myself that I was told to give. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Is that, let's see, I'm 25 years old. I, alongside my wonderful husband, we are working as youth supervisors at our church, and it's literally so fun. I just really, really enjoy that ministry. I have been learning so many great things, and... Regarding what I do, I am a conflicts analyst, which is a very boring job, and um, but it's fun, and I studied sociology at UCLA. That's practically it. Yay. Wow. Such a cool lady. I'm very intimidated <laughs> by my wife. Um, hi, my name is James, and um, yeah, I am husband to Abigail, brother to Janelle, son of Jeff. <laughs> oh, my No, um, like my wife said, we are definitely part of the youth ministry at our church. I graduated with my business management degree, mm, not at UCLA, whoa, big whoa, but uh, at CSUN, and, uh, which is a great school, by the way, if anyone wants to go. Anyways. James is also our first guy to be on Brighter Days, so thank you. I am honored, I am honored. I Brother. heard it was largely requested that there be a male voice <laughs> yes. to represent men. Because I know. It's actually funny. I feel like the amount of guys that have actually come up to me and I probably actually mentioned it to a lot of us that they listen. And so thank you for listening. And we do see you. We hear you. We see you, bros. I got you, brothers. So we're very excited today to talk a little bit about love. No, you know, we can talk about relationships. So speaking of love, can you tell us a, you know, maybe short and condensed version of your love story? <laughs> no way, Victoria. We're giving you everything. <laughs> I only prepare the long. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's see. James and I have been friends for like a super long time. I always say this joke because it's so funny. But James and I actually met um, because we were part of this junior musical and Yay. he was the guy lead and I was a girl lead. So AKA we were modern day apostolic Troy Bolton and, and Gabriella <laughs> high school musical and Wildcats in the house. <laughs> Wildcats in the air. And to progress, um, when we were 18 years old, we like kind of started talking, like we kind of liked each other. And he was like, Hey girl, I like you. And I was like, Hey boy, I like you. And then he was like, no, I don't. And I was like, no, oh, <laughs> but kidding. I definitely like it. Men are the worst. Yeah, men are the worst. But practically afterwards, I like definitely had to deal with some things. Me and Jesus like went through and had a lot of conversations. But afterwards, like after I was like, you know what, James, I forgive you. We were friends again. So then we started being friends when we were like twenty years old, and we just stayed friends for a really, really long time until he was like, hey, girl. I want to marry you. And I was like, I want to marry you too. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah. short story. I mean, long story, very short. <laughs> Super condensed. Yeah, I guess a few points to interject there. Um, it was funny, actually, before we were ever dating, before I ever professed such love slash like for her, we had uh, winter banquets at our church and we were allowed to bring a date. But what most people don't realize is that just so I could bring Abigail as a date, 
I planted the seed in our youth leader's mind to start a youth banquet and to bring a date. And they don't know that to this day, but <laughs> it worked. Know. Yeah. And after a while, I realized that I did like her. But just the way I grew up, I was never one to, how do you say this? I never thought I was going to have a long relationship. I never wanted to more than a year. I think my dad was dating my, dated my mom for like six months. Ridiculous. Yeah. He, he knows what he wants. But um, I never really wanted to date that long. And so I realized that if Abigail and I continued talking for a certain amount of time, it would have just probably brought a lot of frustration. I know we were both not, you know, at a place ready to be married. And, you know, when I shoot a basketball, I want to make it. And so I just didn't want to, like, really... Mess it up. Yeah, mess it up, exactly. And so I ended up telling her, I'm not telling you I'm going to marry you, but... If I were to marry someone, you are the type of person that I would reach out to. Oh my goodness! Gracious. But I, I, I rehearsed that one. I didn't, you know, I wanted to make sure I was in the right stuff. After that, we kind of like, you know, I literally just kind of like took a break, almost of friendship and talking and things like that. And I just began praying and developing my relationship with God as much as possible, seeking His will. And uh, I remember I was like fasting every single day, every day. I was fasting. <laughs> Every day, once a week. <laughs> once a year. No. I, I was fasting once a week. I really felt led of the Holy Ghost to just uh, seek out, you know, who is the one. Now, we can have a conversation as oh. if there is the one or Ooh. there are the potential ones. Mm. Um, and we can definitely talk about that if we want to. But pretty much at the end of the day, I really felt a, a confirmation in, in prayer and that she was the one for me. So I ended up telling her that day, what's up, girl? And she said... Wait, what was that confirmation? What did that look like? Go ahead. Okay. Tell well, not... not <laughs> Tell not, us the confirmation. I'm assuming you're probably going to think I'm weird, but not many, not many people's stories are obviously the same. I'm not saying it has to happen like this for everyone, but I went to a NAYC, definitely in pursuit of developing friendships that might blossom into some future marital relationship. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most formal way I can put it. Um, respectable way. But, and when I was there, the Lord told me to give up three things. Told me to leave my Instagram. Told me to wake up uh, twice a week at 4 a.m. to pray. And told me to stop pursuing a wife. And I was like, what? Like, the Instagram was going to be hard enough. Oh and, uh, and then the waking up. And then stop pursuing a wife. Like, just my whole mindset was always geared toward marriage. But as, as I began to grow, I eventually felt the Lord... Tell me, just keep praying, keep trusting in me. And yeah. so we began praying, fasting, and uh, Abigail and I were not talking, we were not texting, uh, we were not nothing. And one night I fell asleep and I had a dream of a ladder going to heaven. Angels are ascending it. No, oh I didn't. My goodness. No, I, I actually was trying to go to sleep and I had about like 14 dreams, roughly like 14, 15 dreams. A lot of dreams. Yeah, it, it was an insane night and they were all about Abigail. And, but like, I don't remember any dream. I just remember waking up and my mind was fixed on her. And I was like, I'm not going to lie. I was kind of scared. Like I had about one hour of sleep that night. It was like, just imagine your mind, a wave of water crashing over. But that water are thoughts about Abigail that are, you know, just random. Like what is going on right now? Why do, you know, why do I imagine like. You know, her walking down the aisle and I'm over there. Like, it was just very, 
very scary for me personally. I'm not going to lie. And when I woke up in the morning, I was like, Lord, are you trying to tell me something? And I really felt like, I was like Lord, is that you? <laughs> and so I, I just, um, yeah. So I woke up. I, honestly, I felt the presence of God in, in my room. And it was like how I had heard his voice in times before. Anyways, I'm on my way to go see her. We were part of the same committee so that we were starting a Bible quizzing committee. So I was on my way to see her and I didn't get to talk to my pastor that day. So I called up my pastor. I said, hey, pastor. This is literally the conversation. Pastor, I wanted to talk to you about marriage. I knew I was going to see her, so I wanted to get a clearance or just some kind of a blessing. Or so, Pastor, I want to talk to you about marriage. He just responded like this. James, she's the one. I said, what? He said, Abigail, she's the one. I said, God bless you. <laughs> I, I, hung, I hung up. I saw her that night. And after our meeting, I said... Hey, girl, girl what's up? I said, <laughs> what's up, girl? I was like... Can I talk to you? Yeah. She's like, mm, sure, whatever. <laughs> you know, loser. No, I'm oh, just I kidding. No, no. I feel like I, I do remember Abigail saying like, well, James told me. Okay, I was, I'm was i their friend. So I feel like <laughs> I know a lot of things. I, there's so much behind this story. I love their story. Honestly, it's one of my favorites. It's kind of funny. But I remember Abigail or James saying that Abigail was kind of like hesitant in the beginning. Kind of like, hold on. You know yeah. what I mean? Like. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So I feel like that's an interesting aspect if you want to talk about it. Sure, yeah. I can I can talk about it. And James can interject. I think I definitely felt like a combination of like, whoa, the person that I believe is the love of my life likes me now. And then also like, whoa, what in the world is going on? And so many feelings, so many emotions. Um, but I do think that James was like very like mature and calm about the whole ordeal. Like it wasn't like the way that I'm describing. It was like, hey, girl, I'm going to marry you right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it was like it was like a way that gave me a chance to breathe, a way that gave me a chance to think. And I did like just express to him that um, that I was like definitely like hurt by him before. But then I think it's just James's favorite part. <laughs> but I told him that like, what was the expression? I don't remember. He knows better than I do. Yeah. So what happened was I called <laughs> up a lot of my friends after this conversation. Conversation, so I've, I've replayed it over and over but um i told her a few things i knew she was gonna be mad at me because or that she was mad at me just because of years I prior what, <laughs> what would happen was i i told her like hey abigail we're not you know gonna date or i'm not gonna talk there's still time that we need to grow and so with all of this i loved talking to her though and i didn't have the self-control to not text her. Like sometimes I would just randomly start texting her out of the blue just because I literally missed talking to her. Like she was a friend of mine. And so I feel like that would definitely be leading on to her. Mm -hmm. And then I would just stop. And so I can imagine because I realized like, hey, I'm not ready for this. What am I doing? You're all messed up. Okay, James, don't do that. And like three months would go by and I'm like, but what if I just send her one text? You know, <laughs> what if I send her a funny gift or something, you know, funny meme? Anyways, so I realized, at least in her mind, it would seem like I was just like putting her on this leash and then, not on this leash, on this like fishing line and then like drawing it in and be like, oh no, I'm just kidding. And then throwing it back and then drawing her in again. And, oh no, I'm just so, I knew she was likely mad at me, which it would make sense. And so when I went and I talked to her, I said, hey, uh, Abigail, can I talk to you? Like, I just want you to know, I like you. Like, I really, really like you. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to keep pursuing you until another man marries you. And that's what I told her, which is pretty heavy. And I do not recommend anybody telling her. <laughs> but, you know, I feel like I had put a lot of thought into this. I put a lot of you know, prayer, a lot of fasting, uh, seeing counsel, like a lot. And there's much more that we can talk about. She said, why now? Like, out of all, all this time, like, why now? And I didn't want to tell her about my dream, and I did not want to tell her that I just had 
37 dreams about <laughs> Jack Ryan. I, I didn't want to tell you that. I didn't want to tell you that my pastor told me and felt that confirmation as well. I didn't want to tell her any of that because I wanted her to be free to choose and not feel like I was using the will of God as something that forced her to marry me. So I didn't tell her any of that. I just said, so you know, good. after Sorry. some time of prayer, um, praise God, the Holy Ghost will leave me. No, but I, I, I just told her, like, you know, out of some time of prayer and maturity, I just, I've seen a lot and I feel like you're, you're definitely the one for me. And then she said something so nice. She said, if being with you means forgiving you, then I absolutely forgive you. And I don't want to bring up anything that happened before. And I was like, what? yo, who is this girl? Like, what? She's writing poetry over here. Like, That's beautiful. Give or take. No, <laughs> As the sun sets upon the horizon. That is so cool. And I just, I do remember after that, James was like, because I think Abby was still a little bit like, still like kind of like you have to prove yeah. it to me type of vibes, mm-hmm. right? Definitely. And then I remember James said that he was like, I'm going to text her every morning or something around there, right? <laughs> yeah, I, that, I wrote it in my diary. I honestly, I, I feel story. like I was so invested. Me and my sister-in-law, Alexis, we like would pray because we, we were like, oh, Abigail is the one. Right, anyway, right. that's personal investment, but that's here nor there. <laughs> so um, one of the things I want to ask this wonderful, wonderful just couple is, what would you look for in a spouse? Because there's a couple <laughs> pointers. <laughs> like, what do you think people should look for? Let's keep it general. We don't have to. Victoria, go what do you think people should look for? <laughs> I need your help. That's why we're asking. It's <laughs> a good question. I mean, okay, I guess I'll say one thing, and then I think like one of the most important things, and you probably people have probably heard this before, but it's the desire, or rather, the willingness to submit to authority. When we understand authority, and you understand that authority is ordained, is designed, has been planted, prepared, has been built by God, when you understand that somebody's willing to submit to authority, your marriage will go a lot smoother. Why? Because some people, they get married because they like the other person, they enjoy the other person, they might say they love the other person, all those things. And that's wonderful. That's really important. But if that is somebody's foundation, if someone's foundation is how happy the other person makes them, well, then everything goes out the window the moment you're not happy with them anymore. And that will 100% happen and 100% happen multiple times. So if your allegiance is just to the other person, then your allegiance will fail when the other person fails. But if your allegiance is to something beyond the other person, something consistent that is the same yesterday, day and forever, if your allegiance is to God, then when that other person is being mean to you (laughs) when they command you to brush your teeth three times a day when you only want to do it twice no just kidding you know when the other person is maybe not having the best day or you're not having the best day if your allegiance is to that authority then things become a lot simpler okay i think um it won't be as detailed as what james was saying but i think it's more so just a matter of like one of course just like diligently seeking god in every type of way yesterday we had like a dating conversation with our pastor all the youth was there and he shared this story which i thought was so funny but so cool that this brother came to visit our church on sunday and um our pastor told them like oh like are you looking for a lady have you seen any ladies here that you like and he's like nah brother i'm waiting for the altar call i'm gonna see how they pray and i'm like oh my goodness like that's so funny but it's so true i think it's just like obviously as james was saying if the person that you are seeking and looking for is diligently seeking God and is putting him first and everything it is that they do then you know that they're going to treat you right you know that they're going to put you 
not first. But you know that they're going to put you as a priority. And um, it seems like so simple, I think. But it's like the best advice that anybody can give because it's, it's just like God is at the forefront of our, all of our lives and he needs to be. And it's just like everything happens like in like chronological order, like, I love God more than anything. And then I love my wife more than anything. I love my kids and it just follows suit. But that's what I'll say. I think what Abigail was saying, just that foundation, everything stems out from that. So if you have an absolute sold out love for God, then branches, you know, begin to come out of that root there or out of the center part of the tree and then the ramp. You know what I'm saying? Like it comes out of that foundation. And if you have that foundation, then by extension, you have these other things. And so I feel like another thing that's extremely important is the ability to forgive if there is somebody that is always talking about other people and is always bringing up the negative about other people and is all just always has something to say that doesn't build that doesn't edify but it's more so just complaints about the faults of someone else i would say to run because it's very clear that that person has an immaturity they're extremely mature. They don't understand or give people the room to be people. And I think in marriage, like that's something we both learned. I mean, Abigail's had to learn that with me, you know, 100%. I, I am by no means perfect and obviously nobody is. And so just understanding that you have to give somebody room to be a human being. That's, I would say, a skill that not many people have or a trait that many people should practice. You know, give people room to make error. That's really good. Definitely taking notes. Um, <laughs> another aspect of, I think, relationships and just, I don't know, seeking a relationship or whatever that may be, is the line or balance between being too picky and too available. Because, like, you know, on one hand, you can have, like, a bunch of guys or girls, whatever, and you're like, oh, no, none of them. But then you're also like, no one likes me. So then it's just like, <laughs> are you sure about that? That's so funny. Um, or just being like, you know, too available. So like, where do you find that balance? How do you find that balance? I would say, even though I'm not an expert by any means, I was talking to my older brother, actually. His name is Jesse. And I remember there was something he had said. He's like, he said, never say never. And I hmm. thought this was so interesting. But the reason he said that. He had told me about this story about this girl who she, I guess, had received like some type of prophecy or something. And it, we were having a conversation about like maybe there's prophecies you should share and there's some that you shouldn't. You know what I mean? Like kind of like waging things within the spirit. I remember that he had said that this lady had received a prophecy that she was going to marry someone who was black. And so she wouldn't talk to anyone unless they were black. Like at all. Wouldn't even give them time of day. Nothing, nothing, nothing. <laughs> And I remember he had told me, he's like, but you know what? Maybe she shouldn't have heard that prophecy because maybe being around, being open, dating someone who wasn't of that race would have led her to her husband. But she didn't know that because she wasn't open. And so he's like, just never say never. Like, you should never be like, no, I refuse to look in that direction. I refuse to think in that way. And just, I think when you are open, people see your openness. Mm -hmm. And obviously healthy balance and guarding your heart. I'm not saying be wild, but... Yeah, I think I would agree. It makes sense. And in my mind, it almost feels like situational and very much based on the personality because there are some girls that like we counsel where I'm like, sister, you need to be open. You need to talk to people. You know what I'm saying? And there's some people where I'm like, I'm going to put you in this closet. You are not going to speak to anybody until you are 25 years old and ready for marriage. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it is so situational, but I completely understand the idea of like, you want to be available. You want to be open. And James and I have like talked about this idea. It's like, it might sound so shady, but it's okay. Like this idea of like, 
when you go to events, this idea of like networking, this idea of just like speaking to people and being open to friendships, because even though this girl or this guy that you talk to right now isn't going to be the person that you marry, you never know whether that guy has a friend that is going to be your potential spouse. Mm. And just the idea of being friendly and being kind and then just like letting that like show in your character. It's just like, yeah, like Victoria's such a cool girl or Janelle's such a cool girl. And of course, not with the intention 100% all the time, like, I'm looking for a husband, like, this is my game plan. But just like, I'm going to be open, I'm going to be kind, I'm going to do what the word of God tells me to do, just being like meek and wonderful. And yeah, that's what I would say. That's so good. I feel like there's two things. And the first thing I would say is, remember, like, if you want to be married, you're going to be living with a person. I know it sounds very, yeah, very foundational. Like, if you're going to marry someone, you're going to be living with another human being. If you don't enjoy being around other human beings or at least having conversation, like, I don't think you're going to like marriage very much because, you know, we, we talk a lot. You know, there's a lot to talk about and there's a lot of conversation to be had. And so if you're having a hard time and, you know, find out why you're maybe having a hard time and just kind of work on it. But the other thing that I think Abs was saying, which is so good, like things being conditional, I've heard this preaching, this teaching about the Song of Songs, uh, Song of Solomon, which is a book um, that's very, very sensual. It's very mature. And it's pretty much talking about a relationship. And at the end, he's giving his final advice. And he's talking about his sister. Um, or they're talking about his sister. He says, you know, we have a little sister. She's younger. She's not spoken for. What do we do? And so verse 9 says, If she be a wall, we will build upon her a palace of silver. If she be a door, we will enclose her with the boards of cedar. So like exactly what you were saying, like if she's like a wall, like uninviting, pushing away, says, man, we're going to dangle so much silver on her that everyone's going to want to come and you know, talk to her. But if she's a door, then we're going to board it up, you know, and we're going to keep her and do our best to help our sisters. And so I feel like Abigail and I have always been, or at least I have always been, and, you know, being married to Abigail, we understand it's like, I love the idea of matchmaking. Like, I just like it. I think it's so fun. <laughs> like, you want to get married? Come talk to us. Yeah, we, <laughs> send, them, send them a direct message. We'll have yeah. a form. Yeah. Yeah, I just love that idea. Um, just like it, it really does depend on who it is. But definitely networking is extremely important. Rather, how do I say? I think just being able to develop relationships with people yeah. will help you begin to understand, you know, your spouse when it's time. So if you were to give, like, advice to this generation of young men and women. As far as preparation for dating or for marriage, what does that look like or what did that look like for you guys? Oh lordy. Okay, this might not be like the most coherent answer, but I'm gonna go ahead and just like say my opinion and say what I think is like a good way to just like prepare. And one, of course, maybe just like practical advices is like one, like be in prayer, like be praying about your husband, be praying about the thing that you look for. And two, the next thing that I would say is just like talk to people, married people, people that have successful marriages and be like, hey, like, how's it going? Like, of course, don't ask like really crazy intimate questions, you know what I'm saying? Like, when's the last time you guys fought? No, just kidding. <laughs> but just the idea of like just talking to people and then I'm married. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's so funny. But yeah, just like 
having like good friendships and good relationships with people in your church that have good sounding marriage that you're like, I want to learn from you. What can you tell me? And um, the next thing that I would say in just like preparation for dating is to try to find a person in your life that you believe will be a good gatekeeper for you. And um, to just expand on that idea, I learned that in junior camp like 50 years ago, but they told us and they taught us um, <laughs> just the idea of like having a person in your life that aka acts like a gatekeeper that like you might be like hey like I really like this person I want to talk to this person but they're there to like whether it's like open the door or to help you close the door to be like hey like let's pray about this first or let's seek counsel about this first or hey I've heard about this guy I think he's super awesome and um in relationships something that I've found is that just just having like godly and sound people around you that are there to help you help help you to pray and yeah, just to help you grow in that time of preparation. So that's what I'll say. Man, that is really good. I think if I were to give some advice, there's a lot that comes to mind just because now I'm on this side. And so I kind of remember what it was like. It's still kind of fresh. I've been married about a year and some change. So yeah, there's a, there's a few things coming to mind. I'd say the first thing is learning to be rejected. My mom actually told me this. Um, she said that back in the day, I remember we were like in our kitchen. She's like, James, you know, men were a little different. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, men expected to be rejected at least four to five times before they got a yes. And I was like, what? I'm like, some of the guys, they get rejected one time now and they're like crying. They're like, gee, it's me, you know? I've never yeah. been it's like, bro, you know? And my mom really helped me understand that it's, it's part of, you know, masculinity almost, or at least willing to go after something that you think is worth it. And I remember I was telling somebody about this. They said, why, like, why did you talk to Abigail like that? Like, why, what made you be so free to tell her, like, hey, I'm pursuing you no matter what? And it just kind of came to me. But just the thought that she was worth more to me than the fear or possibility of me being rejected. I'll say it one more time. The value of me being with her or her value toward me was worth more than the possibility of me being rejected. And I, I do want to give a shout out to my mom. Thank you, mom. Love you. For really just kind of helping me understand that, that you should not be afraid to be rejected. Um, and sometimes you're not going to get your way. Learn to not get your way. Because once you get married, there are a lot of things that you are going to realize that you cannot get your way. So that's the first thing I'd say. Uh, the second thing, be willing to learn people. Like be willing to learn what do people like? What do they dislike? Do you remember people's names? You know, do you not care? Like, do you actually care about people? And I feel that's something that's always interested in me. Um, I love learning Abigail. I remember when we first started dating, she doesn't know this, but I literally, every time she told me she liked something, I would write it down. And then at the end of our dates, I would go and I would study this list. Of it all changes the like every week what I like. No, <laughs> that is 100% true. Her favorite color is like three different colors. No, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, you, you got to keep updating the list. But so I, I just had a desire to learn to study her. I, I would advise people to definitely keep doing that. Also, never stop growing. Uh, I told Abigail when we were dating, we're not you know going to be perfect and but we will always serve God and we will never stop growing. We will always keep growing. Yeah, okay, I said it right. Yeah, we'll always keep growing. And so that's something that's really important. Here's the last thing I'll say to the young men, my brothers, my fellow hermanos. Don't be afraid to be, <laughs> don't be afraid to be masculine. Um, don't be afraid to be a leader. When I first started dating and even more so when I asked Abigail to marry me, 
I was very afraid after to tell her no. I was afraid to make a decision that she wasn't going to agree with. And I believe it's because of the society that I was brought up in. And so I had like this little war going on inside of me. Like my dad was on one side. My dad is a manly man. Yeah. The masculine of the masculine. Crazy. And it's his way. Or the highway. And sometimes you can't even take the highway. No, you know, it's just no like, way but his <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah, it's just, he, and <laughs> shout out to my dad. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> He's um, so there, there was that part. But then there was the other part of me that's like, well, you're being controlling or you're being a dictator or, you know, you're always demanding and you're always getting your way. And so there was literally, I remember there was nights when I like could barely go to sleep because I was imagining these imaginary conversations that Abigail was having with her mom, like, and then mom, he told me I couldn't do this. And he told me I couldn't go here. And then her mom was like, mm, that boy is up to no good. Like, you know, all these like things in my head. I was just like so afraid that I was, you know, being a dictator, that I was not giving her a voice. And I remember like sitting and thinking, okay, I'm a leader. I'm like a captain, right? I'm the captain of the ship. So what does the captain of the ship do? Yeah. He makes he says what direction they're going in. If a storm is coming, he has to rearrange or he makes that final decision. Now the first mate can say something. They can have an opinion and a good captain will listen to people on the ship. But at the end of the day, he or she, right, if they're a captain, but now we're talking about marriage, he <laughs> cannot be afraid to make a decision. And so I would just advise the young men not to let this society stamp out your masculinity do not let the culture that we are growing up here especially in california if you're here in california but i know you guys have listen listeners all over the world you know jesus. wherever you're at <laughs> in jesus name, prophesy. no um i, I really I, I think like whatever society you grow up in you have to understand that there is an attack on on masculinity and you have to learn your identity in christ your identity has to come from the word of god if you do not know who you are in Christ, you'll just be like a kite in the wind. You, you just you have no foundation and be tossed, you know, everywhere. And so I would advise you to find humility and your identity in God. Do not be afraid to make a decision, even though it's going to upset other people. As long as you are righteous and aligned with the word of God, then, then you'll be fine. So those are the advices I would give. Those are great yeah. advices. Ten out of ten. Yeah. I'm talking too much. No. <laughs> Girls, take it he's, over. <laughs> he's, the, he's the me of this group. I, he is the Janelle. Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. So one of the questions I have is mistakes. The idea of mistakes. I. But what are what mistakes would you say are okay to love past? I know there's a couple things like James. You're like you know if this happens like run for the hills like you know what I mean. Mm. I think there's things. You can forgive fast, and I think, and every story is different, this is true, but what would you say? Like, what's worth it? What's not worth it? Well, I think it's, like, an interesting question because, like, in dating, of course, like, depending on, like, what your pastor says or what anybody says, like, there definitely, obviously, is a sense of not knowing who the person fully is in dating until you get married to them. Yeah. So, of course, like, in dating, you might see, like, something surface level, like, they're not that funny, and no, I'm just kidding, you know, just, like, things, like, above the surface, but in marriage, that is when you get to see, like, the hardcore things where like oh well 
like this is what's going on but i do think that obviously there are like little red flags that you just like have to like keep in mind and have to see i remember when this person that i was not talking to <laughs> that <laughs> but it's always just like stuck in my mind it just stayed stuck in my mind that this person um like <laughs> while we were like talking or facetiming they like passed over his bible and he was like oh that's my bible oh my goodness. he was like he was like oh it's my bible he was like it has little cobwebs over it but i'm gonna start reading it soon and i was like excuse me <laughs> like what is going on over here yeah. you know and that was definitely like a sign to me where i was like no how do you expect to lead me like spiritually if you're not even reading your bible like it doesn't make any sense so there are little things that yeah. like girls and guys of course just like listen to those signs listen to those things like in your mind where you're like just something this doesn't sit right with me i'm not too sure why i'm not too sure how of course maybe you can talk to somebody that you like trust and be like is this a big deal? You know, like, am I crazy? No, yeah. I prayed in a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's man. going on? He went to the club yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but he repented. And he plays piano for church. So that's what I was saying. No, that, I think that's really good. Regarding mistakes, I feel if you begin to look at things a little bit, you know, maybe deeper, you understand that every action is based out of someone and how they function internally, you know, mentally, spiritually. And you understand that these are, most people are looking at the fruit, but they never actually deal with the root. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> and so you have to really look at those things. This is a very small, like minute example, maybe not deep or anything like that, but just a small example of me probably looking things too deep. I remember mm -hmm. when Abigail, <laughs> Abigail would take out chapstick and then she'd put chapstick on. My lips were struggling. And, um, and, uh, and so she put the chapstick away. I'd be like, what's up with that? Yeah. Or she'd be walking around, you know, during COVID time. And, you know, she'd be drinking water. And, you know, my cup was empty. <laughs> and I was like, no, this girl's selfish. No, no I, I would. I just kind of like looked at that. And I was like, okay, maybe we could practice thinking more about one another. And so if I got water, I would ask her, hey, did you want some water? And if she got chapstick, I told her she would have to offer me chapstick first. <laughs> and then she gets chapstick. So then every time she pulled chapstick and you see her like about to put her finger in there, she'd be like, turn over at me. She'd be like, do you want some? <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm okay. <laughs> so then she would get chapstick. So like there are like small little things, you know, whatever. Right. But then there are other things that are more so the backside or the flip side of character traits. For example, somebody can be frugal or cheap, right? Somebody's good with money, maybe, and then some people are just cheap. So it's a good thing to be able to manage your money, to be able to handle, but then there needs to be some balance. And usually you're always going to find that there's a need for balance. And here's another example, like uh, being prudent or not doing anything. So prudent, like you're in your room, you're thinking ahead, you're planning out your entire day, but sometimes you're just planning so much and you never even do anything. See, there's like the flip side of a good characteristic. Yeah. And so you have to learn to balance these things. And mama, mama always told me, <laughs> she, she would tell me that the Holy Ghost helps balance those things. And so if you're praying, you're seeking God, asking him to help you grow, then you can find these places of really just feeling out who you are. And it's almost like if you put some dough into a cookie cutter, you are that little lump of dough maybe. And then you got to like press it out and fill up the shape. Like you're still 
good. You're still within the cookie cutter. Yeah. But now you just need to like grow into who you are a little bit more. You need to grow into that shape. And so just thinking about that with mistakes is like there are great things about Abigail. There are decent things about me, but there are also flip sides to those things that you're going to have to deal with when it comes to balancing. I was thinking like there's some people that are kind or there's people that are like flirtatious. Where do you draw the line? Hmm, I want to hear your ladies thoughts. What do you think? I think it always comes down to like with your significant other, like mutual respect. So it would be like the conversations you have with one another if you're in a relationship or heading in that direction, like you knowing where you stand with that person is really important. Cause then you also know like your conversations with them, you know how they maybe feel towards you or you have that assurance of okay, like this is what they said. And if that's what they said, there's actions that, that match it. And if those actions aren't there and yet still they're really open with a bunch of people, then probably drop them. Cause it sounds like they don't respect you. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I would, digest that i would agree like with the whole actions you know aspect of it because i know me and janelle and a couple of our friends talked about it one time where i think a guy should be intentional with what he's doing and what moves he's making in a way towards that person who he is you know hopefully if they're talking to someone it should be with the intention to date and to marry so i think that like if they're talking to a bunch of other people and they're giving everyone that those signs, signals, whatever. It's a red flag for me personally. I believe that. Yeah, yeah. They're... That's so funny because I think there's one time. I think it was me and Janelle. We were giving advice to this. Like, we were giving advice to this friend of ours who is like a, a little bit more like on the friendlier side. And we were telling him like this girl that you're talking to. You have to make sure that even though it's not like there 100, percent but it has to have the sense of like exclusivity. Like I'm talking to you. I'm reaching out to you, and it's different than everybody else that I reach out to because that could be like so interesting and I would hate that as a girl you know so and I'm sure guys would hate that too so it makes sense I have a friend who her parents advice to her is always to keep her options open and to never like be too close even in dating someone like to keep her options open and so I guess there's also a line in there that I'm not sure of but I understand like I don't think you should give someone more than what they've put in or put in the work for so meaning if someone hasn't talked to you your authorities or their authorities your parents to try and pursue you in in the hope of marriage i think as a woman you should also be careful with like what you give of yourself which is a big part of guarding yourself yeah i think regarding giving like certain parts of yourself i feel like there are certain conversations you'll have with specific people where you begin to maybe release traumas or exchange deep emotions And the moment you have these emotional connections, that's nice. It's wonderful. I mean, if that's the direction you want to go in. And I think, you know, Tori, you're saying it perfectly, like intentionality. I think if you're constantly giving these deep emotional, you know, connect or having these deep emotional connections with other people, it's not exclusive anymore. Now you have this same level of exclusivity with a bunch of other people. And at that moment, I feel like it could give a lot of people just the wrong message and just the wrong view so really being intentional and being very careful with who you give parts of yourself to extremely important i think that was really good um thank you so much abby and james for honestly just talking to us having a really good conversation i think and just talking about the 
spiritual as well as practical aspects of dating and preparing for marriage and all that fun stuff. Um, So yeah, we just want to say thank you and thank you all for listening to this week's episode. And don't forget to stay Simply Golden. Bye. Bye. Thank you. It's going to be Friday.